We are now halfway through the month of September, and officially seven-tenths of this year of 2022. There's really no way of knowing how far we have left in terms of the rest of our lives, but we can say we are over 21% of the way through the century, or 21.7% to be a bit more precise. All days seem to have some importance, and the point of Charlottesville community engagement is to write down as much as possible while each of us go through our separate equations. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, a single-engine aircraft has crashed near Batesville last night, killing the pilot. A rail strike across the country has been averted, avoiding disruptions to passenger rail. Albemarle County wants you to mark National Preparedness Month by creating a safety plan for disasters. A very brief update on the Seville Plans Together initiative and its International Democracy Day. And I have a quick roundup on what races voters can expect in 2023. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, Have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors to get the work done and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit thermalizeva.org to learn more and to sign up. One person has died when a single-engine plane crashed in Albemarle County between Plank Road and Stillhouse Creek Road late last night. That's according to a release from the Virginia State Police sent out this morning. Shortly before 11.30 p.m., the county received a distress call from a pilot, and despite efforts to direct the pilot to land at the Charlottesville Albemarle Airport, the private single-engine aircraft was unable to make it. The pilot was the only occupant of the aircraft, and the body was sent to the medical examiner's office for identification. Both the National Transportation Safety Board and the Federal Aviation Administration are investigating. According to a poster on Reddit who captured the incident, the plane was a Piper Saratoga that had left Martinsville. This week, Amtrak began to cut back service in advance of an anticipated rail strike across the country. However, negotiations early this morning resulted in an agreement between the National Carriers Conference Committee and three unions. Here's a section from an update on the website of the National Railway Labor Conference. The tentative agreements announced today follow the August 16th recommendations of Presidential Emergency Board Number 250, which include a 24% wage increase during the five-year period from 2020 through 2024, with a 14.1% wage increase effective immediately, and five annual 1,000 lump sum payments. The tentative agreements avert the strike, which was expected to begin tomorrow. However, the release states the three unions must ratify the deal. If you're interested in the details, review the NRLC website for a history of how we got to here, including establishment of that presidential emergency board. In a statement, President Joe Biden thanked the unions and rail companies for negotiating in good faith and reaching a tentative agreement that would keep the critical rail system working and avoid disruption of the economy. 
The rail strike would have shut down the commuter rail service known as the Virginia Railway Express. That's according to an article on Inside Nova from yesterday. September is National Preparedness Month, and Albemarle's Deputy Fire Chief for Emergency Management wants you to create a plan for times when normality is disrupted. John Apprendi is the Deputy Fire Chief for Emergency Management for Albemarle County. Emergency management is something that uh, we have you know, focused on over the years, um, but lately uh, we have really been uh, kind of a, a, expanding or broadening that, that focus. What emergency uh, management focuses on uh, for the whole county, local government, and the community uh, is a preparedness for all types of uh, hazards. Increasingly, these hazards are weather-related, with both increased frequency and increased severity. This past January, there were a string of winter weather storms that shut down power in many communities for several days. Apprendi wants people to get ready for the next season. People tend to forget, and they, they tend to not be ready. And when they are ready, maybe they're, uh, they're not as resilient as they'd like to be. Resilience, bouncing back, uh, being able to kind of recover quickly from those emergencies is what we're after. A key example of a sudden unplanned emergency is the derecho that hit on June 29, 2012, which killed at least two Albemarle residents and disrupted many lives. Aprandi said preparing for power outages is key. Um, the ice storm that we had back in January where suddenly we were without power and um, the damage to the grid was such here locally that it was going to be days. Um, that was not predicted. And so if you weren't ready ahead of time, you're not ready. Oprandi recommends people go to ready.gov, which is run by the Federal Emergency Management Agency. There are instructions on how to build a kit which should include enough food and water for three days, a battery-powered radio, a first aid kit, and more. The food, there are kits that are available that are basically MREs, meals ready to eat. You just add hot water. But what about that hot water? Get a camp stove, Aprandi says. As part of his new position, the deputy chief said one task is to help connect people in the rural area with resources. These areas are likely to be without power longer in the event of outages. You know, we're all in this together. There's nothing that the county is going to be able to do to, to resolve this for everyone. We are all going to have to help each other in, in these times. Um, and so we're working to build those networks and those contacts ahead of time um, you know, so that we all can be more resilient during a disaster. What about you? What are your plans? Anything you'd like to share? Do so in the comments. There are 12 days until Charlottesville City Council and Planning Commission will meet in a joint session to discuss the rewrite of the zoning code that is currently being drafted by staff and consultants hired as part of the Seville Plans Together initiative. James Fries is the city's director of Neighborhood Development Services, and he spoke at the Planning Commission meetings this past Tuesday. That meeting is about getting your feedback, your reactions, so that we can move forward into the drafting phase that's drafting the zoning ordinance itself and the map. In advance of the meeting, there will be a list of changes made to the Zoning Diagnostic and Approach Report that is the main purpose of the September 27th meeting. In other news, Fries said longtime city planner Brian Haluska has a new position as support services manager at NDS. So in that role, he'll be overseeing our customer service functions, 
our new um, online permitting system, and our data services function. This is all in advance of the full reopening of City Hall on October 3rd. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, an area nonprofit wants you to know about what they offer to help you learn about how to preserve, protect, and appreciate the trees. The Charlottesville Area Tree Stewards have an online class coming up on September 20th, where you can learn to select, plant, and care for trees. Two days later, on the morning of September 22nd, there's a one-mile urban tree walk in Belmont with a focus on tree identification and noteworthy information. Either would help you prepare for the fall tree sale that's coming up on October 1st, which will specialize in native trees, some of which are hard to find at commercial nurseries. For details on all of this, including the tree sale, visit charlottesvilleareatreestewards.org. One last segment today, and today is the International Day of Democracy, according to the United Nations. Here's a section from the website for the day. Now more than ever, democracy is backsliding. Civic space is shrinking. Distrust, mis- and disinformation are growing, while threats to the freedom of journalists and media workers are expanding by the day. Here in the United States, there are 54 days until the next federal election. In Virginia, most local and state elections won't be held until next year. Earlier this month, elected officials in Albemarle and Charlottesville both marked the occasion with resolutions that state the day is intended to raise public awareness of human rights. First, we'll hear from Donna Price, chair of the Albemarle Board of Supervisors, followed by Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights emphasizes that the will of the people is the basis for the authority of government. And whereas political and public participation rights are crucial to the advancement of all human rights and are essential for democratic governance, the rule of law, social inclusion and economic development, and the empowerment of individuals and groups to eliminate discrimination and marginalization, peaceful assembly and association, freedom of opinion and expression, and access to information and education. And whereas on the International Day of Democracy, we are called to review the state of our democracy to promote its principles for the protection and effective realization of human rights and to create an environment for greater citizen participation, equality, security, and development. Let's check in at the local level and see where the next elections are. There are three seats up on the Charlottesville City Council in November of 2023, as the terms of Snook, Councillor Cena McGill, and Councillor Michael Payne are all set to expire. All councillors in Charlottesville are elected at large with no specific geographic representation. There are also three seats up on the Albemarle Board of Supervisors, where all six elected officials represent a specific district. Up for election again are Rivanna District Supervisors B. Lepisto Kirtley of the Rivanna District, Whitehall Supervisor Ann Malik, and Southside District Supervisor Donna Price. Price has announced she will not seek a second term, nor will she run for the General Assembly. 
Price had originally declared a candidacy for the redrawn 55th House District, which now includes most of Albemarle County, as well as Northeast Green and Western Louisa. She announced recently she will retire from elected office at the end of next year rather than pursue either seat. The incumbent in the former 58th District, Republican Rob Bell, is a candidate in the new 55th District, according to the Virginia Public Access Project. Two Democrats are currently in the race to challenge Bell. They are Amy Lawfer, a former member of the Charlottesville School Board, and the Democrat in the 2019 Senate race in the former District 17 and Kellen Squire, an emergency room nurse and the Democrat in the 2017 58th District race against Rob Bell. The 54th District contains the city of Charlottesville and parts of Albemarle County's urban ring. Delegate Sally Hudson is the incumbent and currently faces no opposition from within her own Democratic Party or the Republican Party. There's an open seat in the 56th district that covers part of Fluvanna County and many other localities within Virginia's 5th Congressional District. There's also an open seat in the 53rd district, which covers part of Nelson County as well as Amherst and Bedford counties. As for that 5th Congressional District, Republican incumbent Bob Good faces Democratic challenger Josh Throneberg. As of June 30th, Good had raised $848,271 to Throneberg's $446,579. The next deadline to file reports is October 15th for activity through September 30th. So far, there is no debate or candidate forum scheduled between the two candidates. Election day is on November 8th. Looking ahead back to next year, there's also the Virginia Senate, in which all 40 seats will be up for election in the redrawn districts. Incumbent Senator Cree Deeds has represented the 25th district, which spans from Bath County to Charlottesville. But he plans to run again in the new 11th district, which covers all of Albemarle and Charlottesville, as well as all of Amherst and Nelson counties. A portion of western Louisa is also in the new 11th. There's also an open seat in the new 10th district, which covers the rest of Louisa County, as well as Fluvanna County and many other localities in the 5th Congressional District. Four Republican candidates are currently in that race, including Louisa County Supervisor Dwayne Adams. Check out the other three on the Virginia Public Access Project, and thank you to the Public Access Project for providing so much information about this democracy that we have and you can inspect thanks to them. But that's the end of this particular episode, but don't worry, there will be an episode 432, and hopefully it will come out tomorrow. There is so much happening and so much going on, and seriously, thank you to the Virginia Public Access Project for the work they do to assist all of us to keep an eye on who's running for office and who is paying their way. A democracy can only function if people are paying attention. And my hope is that the work and the work of my colleagues who write up information will help many eyes and ears see and hear a bigger picture. I don't know, can you hear a picture? Regardless, I encourage you to learn as much as you can and maybe one day you'll want to run for office. In fact, we need more people to step up and do that and at all levels. And you know, that's hopefully what you might do. This particular assemblage of information is a service of Town Crier Productions, a company I formed in 2020 to help me get back to work I felt was important to do. 
The main way to support it is to sign up for a paid subscription through Substack. And if you do, Ting will match your initial payment. Thank you, Ting. We're halfway through the month, so this is a great time to step up. I am grateful to those who have done so so far, and I understand those who cannot do so. For instance, if you're under the age of 25, you qualify for a free complimentary one-year subscription that will give you full access to everything published here as it comes out. I have several dozen of these to give out and I'm looking for journalism classes. Uh, anybody under the age of 25 can qualify for one of these for a free one-year subscription. Please help me take advantage of this by helping me connect to those people. And if you are one of those who still hasn't signed up for Substack, and if you want to, if you sign up through Ting through a link in the newsletter, you'll get a $75 downtown mall gift card, your second month free, and a free standard installation. If you do this route and you go through the motions there, enter the promo code COMMUNITY to get all of that. Thank you to Ting. Music in the podcast comes from Vrocky. Vrocky, you're so walky. If you want to sample that music for free, you can go to Bandcamp and pay whatever you want. But, uh, you know, I'd encourage you to pay. Uh, Ting won't match that, but oh well. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. As I said, I will be back tomorrow with another installment. And thank you very much and goodbye. Stay classy, Charlottesville generic area. Charlottesville generic area.